Jessica here. Hi, welcome to Alive and Thriving. Today I am bringing you a beautiful guest. I cannot wait to introduce you to her. We are going to be talking about the topic of confidence. And so I wonder what this topic means to you. Whereabouts in your life do you feel like you are not showing up or feeling fully confident or even fully aligned in what you are doing? This is a topic that our guest Jackie Gith is very familiar with. As a former photographer, she would witness a lot of women struggle with their confidence. Her, for herself, she has found that stripping back the clutter and chaos in her mind and her body, which we're going to talk about in depth today as well, has really, and her home too, has really helped her to focus on what's most important for her. And this shift has then led to a skyrocket in her confidence and her energy as she created space for herself to breathe and think more clearly and trust herself. And now Jackie is out to help other driven mums to do the same. So let's dive straight into this topic. I am so excited for you to hear this episode. You're listening to Alive and Thriving with Jessica Reed, the podcast that's all about empowering you to achieve optimal wellness and success through self-care, holistic practices, and raw conversations. Jessica and her expert guests are here to share powerful insights and strategies to help you overcome stress and anxiety, take charge of your life, and thrive in life and in business. Grab a cuppa and let's dive in. All right, guys, I actually feel like I've made a new friend. Strange thing to say as an adult, I've made a new friend. I have met Jackie through a membership that we're both a part of. And we connected and we've done a podcast together over on over on Jackie's podcast, which she can tell you all about. But she is just such an amazing human being and such a fun and uplifting energy. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation today. So welcome, Jackie, to Alive and Thriving. Hello. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're so welcome. Absolutely. So, Jackie, I have introduced you formally in your bio, <laughs> but would you mind explain or tell us a little bit more about who you are and how did you end up getting to be where you are right now, working in the space of confidence and yeah, be by your story? Yeah, totally. So, I started my career actually as a photographer and Going into that space, I loved just being super creative. And then I fumbled my way into portrait photography. And so then coming across a lot of women, they would constantly be struggling with their confidence. They would talk to me about it. They would always just feel like they needed to comment on it when we would go into a session of photography. And I was always like, it's okay, I'm here to guide you. But at the same time, it always made me a little bit sad inside, being like, why is it that these ladies are all yeah, down about themselves in some sort of area. It's always different, obviously, but a lot of the time it's physical, maybe looks or even the deep down one, obviously, as well. And then it dawned on me like later on as well when I lost track in my life, like mid-20s maybe. I had a bit of a heartache and also friendship loss and a whole bunch of like grief as well through family stuff. So all these turmoils obviously pile up a bit. And then, yeah, I really went on a bit of a soul search. So I went deep 
studied hard on like self aspects and then realized that there was levels of confidence on this topic. And I just, yeah, I was getting super passionate about helping people get it on that deeper level because I felt like in the photography world, it was like more of a temporary, yeah, you look great. But then they'd walk away and they'd still have all those doubts about themselves and all these things. And I was like, how could I help women on a deeper level? And that's when I started on this journey. And you are currently working with a young child as well. I have been working in nap times and building business through all of that space too. How are you finding... How are you finding navigating all of that? It definitely has its stress points here and there. Yeah, let's be real. It's chaotic at times. And I just, yeah, I still try to see the joy in it, the fun though, because it is a wild ride and I'm here for it. And I see the, the bigger picture down the track. So I just keep my vision on that when it does feel a little bit down and hard. But it's the confidence piece too, like, it's the way that I've learned now to set goals and look at things in my perspective that I realize even if I fumble and fail at something, then it's not destroying my identity. Mm-hmm. And I'm still me and I'm still the mum now and I've still got all these other things to be super grateful for or whatever it is, yeah. which we'll go into in more detail, I'm sure. Soon. Yeah, absolutely. I feel, and I'm going to just make some assumptions here based on my own personal experiences, that deciding to leave a career that that we know, so for you as a photographer, and deciding to move into a new space, that takes a certain level of confidence within yourself Mm. to be able to actually do that. And I wonder when we talk about things like developing a deeper sense of confidence that you help clients do, what was your journey like to be able to get yourself to that space? What sort of things did you have to take yourself through before you were able to to step into the space with clients? Yeah, this is the piece that I love talking about so, so much. So I, in my, sexually, I've got a bit of levels in my head, which I'll go through, but the main piece of develop the core confidence that you are asking was developing practices. So I really leaned hard into yoga. That was one of my practices but you can find that in all different things like people even play music to be really different are you Um, a yoga instructor yeah yeah so I'm a yoga instructor qualified and yeah so then I leaned hard into yoga practices did all kinds of different studies on that but then also learned just the mindset piece that people were missing a lot of the times so I think having a growth mindset really helps. So then with the levels I'm talking about here, which is what I stumbled across once and it just blew my mind. The first level is your outer shell. So like the the piece that people see all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's maybe the photography side that we would have hit really well. <laughs> you get your lashes done, you feel fabulous, but it's it might not be long lasting. It's that instant it gratification, change. isn't it? It's that you've got these beautiful photos, but then you look in the mirror and you don't yeah. see what in those images because yeah you might be hypercritical which tends to happen to a lot of us women yeah. I've heard yeah Absolutely. and then also like those things can change like we obviously get older so your looks are going to change or same thing with if you're showing up confidently as well I've come across a lot of people because this topic has fascinated me so much that would show up really confidently on the outer shell but then when you speak to them maybe one-on-one they're so anxious and have all these stresses and worries on the back end. And I was like, wow, okay, I didn't see that at first. And it's just fascinating like that they're struggling with their confidence too. So then 
yeah, digging deeper, the second level is more like the areas of your life. So this is what I started to play with, which is really fun when I was going through my stuff. So you can draw this out on a piece of paper, which is really cool too. So you can lay out like, let's say family is one of your pillars. Mm-hmm. And then you've got your fitness, if you feel love doing that, or maybe like you eat really healthy and that brings you confidence because it gives you energy. Yeah. Or maybe you have a really good career. Uh, maybe you've got a hobby, like you play an instrument, whatever it is, and it gives you confidence because you're developing that skill or you're developing relationships. And those things can build, those building blocks build up your confidence as well, right? And it can be compartmentalized too. Like you could go deeper into career. There's certain different skills within that even. Yeah. So then you can look at that. And with that, I had a lot of fun playing with it. Let's say a really brief example I tell a lot is my hair because I had long luscious hair at one point and I was like, I'm switching things up and I chopped it all off. Like just like testing myself and stretching myself in little things like that even pushed my confidence to be like, okay, I need to focus on more the deeper level. So let's change all the stuff on the outside and see how it affects it and how I deal with it. Yeah. And just to really shake the tree up, yeah. to really see and test myself of how courageous I can be in all different aspects. And I give that example because it is such a small thing, but it's it can be huge for someone. Absolutely. Yeah. Depending on what, depending on what limiting beliefs and things people have deeply yeah. ingrained that is really impacting their perception of their confidence or their perception of their appearance and things like that, those small, seemingly small changes of say, you know what, I'm going to cut my hair because my hair has always made me feel confident. So now I want to actually start to challenge. That's working with your nervous system to grad. It's like a gradual exposure therapy, isn't it? I'm going (laughs) to chop off my hair and I'm going to sit in this discomfort and I'm going to allow myself to see that Mm -hmm. this is actually safe when perhaps and I know we say safe because we, we obviously our brains and our bodies are wired for primitive survival. So we know we're actually safe, but I'm going to cut my hair off and my nervous system is going to see that I am actually safe. The world doesn't fall apart. I can yeah. expose myself to this and it can become something new. So yeah. even though that might be really a small thing for some people, I see what you mean. So it's, yeah. it's also- And then obviously like in my own life, then I shifted to bigger things. So then I was like career change or... I say it just a little bit. There was a lot of other things too, like even how our relationship worked or becoming a mum, obviously, too. That was a huge step as well. And for some people that, yeah, I remember there was a few blockages there for me and I had to be like, I actually want this. So then I had to move through that as well. Yeah, in that way. But then I guess entering your main question again to coming back to the core level, which is the third level in concept. That's your piece where you're connecting to yourself. So that's the piece where I was like, even with all these changes, I can always come back to me. Yeah. And that connection was found through that mindful movement, like I was saying, or meditation mm. or whatever it is, because it's just you. And I was used to talking about this part. <laughs> it's just you getting deeper with your inner self, with your soul, with your spirit, whatever you want to call it, right? Like you're connecting to that piece in you where you know you're worthy regardless of anything, right? You're a quality human. You are here to live your purpose. You're here to live a life. And maybe even if you're religious, if you're, I'm not quite religious, but let's say the Christians might say you're a child of God, like all these kind of analogies of the same thing, like you are worthy internally. Mm -hmm. And then with the external pieces, 
this is what hit me hard too, because I had like my older brother's best mate took his life. But so I don't just don't like sharing it often, but <laughs> it was a reality. And so then I was like, whoa, why do people do that? And it was just so confusing to me at the time. Yeah. And so then when navigating through that at the time as well, I realized when things crumble in your life, let's say your career totally vanished, mm-hmm. like you were, I don't know, these days cancelled or you were fired yeah. or maybe something, something happened, like maybe you have a physical yeah. job and you cannot do the role anymore. There's footballers, that happens a lot as well. If that was the piece of that second level that gave you all of your confidence and an idea, then you're crumbling. Like you're, you don't feel like you're worthy of anything anymore. You like, you, that's when you hit rock bottom, right? That's yeah. what we hear. Yeah. Absolutely. That's because when something is so deeply intertwined with your identity, yeah. Um, yeah, you would have been the perfect person to start the podcast off by saying, tell me about you outside of your, sometimes I get that question thrown at me when I go on. And, and I sometimes still struggle to answer it because for so long I had lost myself and it's been this journey really since I've stopped living in a perpetual state of panic and then that sort of space. Mm-hmm. It's been this journey into coming back into me and who I am outside of being a mom, outside of being a partner, outside of being an alternative therapist. It's been, who am I? If someone asks me that question, I get really stuck because I was so conditioned to being or explaining if someone said, tell me about you, I'd be like, oh, I'm a, I'm a property manager. I'm a this, yeah. I'm a that. And it's, I'm a, insert your career, insert uh, your profession, yeah. insert your deepest hobby. I'm a painter. I'm an artist. I'm a, yeah. but also who are you? Who are yeah. you? And so, yeah, you probably would have been a great person to ask. I'm on things. the spot with it now, <laughs> but it is so true. When you have your identity intertwined mm. with your career or with things, and then things crumble around you, if you don't yeah. know who you are at your core, yeah. then everything is going to crumble. It is going to feel like your world's been ripped out from underneath you. Mm. Thank you for sharing so much about the vulnerable things that you've been through to experience and get to where you are. I was going to ask, and then you, you went into it when you got into your third layer, I wanted to ask how much impact, because I love talking about the body and how the body connects in with everything that we do with so much mm-hmm. focus on our mind so much, don't we? How much impact that mindful movement and that, that yoga piece and all of that had. I wanted to I'll talk more about the mindset in a minute, but I would really love to know how integral was the body piece? Yeah in your journey yeah um probably 90 percent. even though i love the mindset piece i think the realizing that our emotions sit in our body mm-hmm. i yeah have had a, a few different experiences through that as well i remember one time i went to a yoga class and i held the pigeon pose where you have like your knee in the front yeah and it gets deep into your hips so your hips are one of the main areas we hold the tension of grief so then <laughs> I just broke down. Like I just, <laughs> I was sobbing hard and it was great. Like a really great space. The yoga teacher was incredible. She was really like opening that space for that. And I just let go. So that was really good. Mm-hmm. But it was even just the knowing that we hold those tension spots in our body. I would always just check in and it's a daily thing, right? That's why they call it a practice. Yeah. So knowing to always check in, feeling it, 
And then when I was going through as well, just a bit of a stumbling block in my long-term relationship amongst all that, I really focused on opening the heart space. So I would literally go to sleep laying on a pillow, like underneath my back, because I was like, I need to be open. I need to be opening myself to love, right? Not just closing off because that will just be a sad life. I knew that. Yeah. That was a key thing as well. And then as well, the body... I'm just trying to think there was one more thing that popped up. Just feeling like that big sigh, the relief. Yeah. And you do allow yourself to feel it. Yeah. Because I find you can think things through multitude of times, but the moment you actually allow yourself to feel it, that's when it all moves. That's when it starts. Absolutely. And that's such a key piece of healing that I think has really been overlooked in the Western dropping into the body and allowing yourself to really embrace these somatic practices. They're going to help to move emotion through the body, whether it be yoga or whether it be other types of somatic exercise that are targeting those core emotion holding areas, or even things like tapping and things where we can use body psychotherapy to tune tune into where it's being held. But I feel like that has been something that has been missing for so long. And so I love that you can share so vulnerably how it has helped you. Yeah. And I could go deep and deep into that too, like the whole, because of the subconscious brain being in that, in the body. We do. We hold our subconscious mind in the cells of our body. And so every memory, and, and that's again, why I think we're so conditioned as a society to deal with these things purely cognitively and not to say, and I've said it before. And I'll say it again, cognitive therapies are amazing. They serve their purpose. I know some phenomenal therapists who change people's lives. But sometimes we need more. And when we are trying to get into the core of the subconscious, and particularly if our brain is still in that hypervigilance state where it doesn't really feel safe thinking and processing and we're causing ourselves that stress response, sometimes we want to just work with where we feel it in the body. And just being able to tap into those emotions and those memories and then free them through movement. I know my kinesiologist has helped me a lot in terms of releasing, releasing where I've been holding things somatically. I, even today, I have had a lot of work done on my tailbone and Mm -hmm. then I just recently had some, just some emotional stress, nothing out of the ordinary, but still just some things and another wave of grief come up as well. And I realized after sitting on my butt today for a little while, when I stood up, (laughs) it was really painful to stand up. And I was like, there's that emotion again. And going on, oh, no, it's okay. It was triggered by some grief yesterday. But it is. It's my body now saying, okay, we're going through another grief wave. And I'm storing this in here in my tailbone. So right in my butt. It's really yeah. the tip. You can imagine how weird it is to have that area um, worked on. <laughs> yeah. But that release that you're talking about with the pigeon pose, I feel that on so many levels. I haven't experienced it through yoga because I haven't practiced yoga to that depth, but yeah. I have experienced the somatic release through other practices as well. I must say, I, I love traditional yoga, but I also, when I was going through this and what my app is based on too, it's a bit of more of a different take on it. So I I created these short videos to make breathing exercises and a little bit of movement a really easy, accessible thing. So then you can just turn to that to really shift your state. Kind yeah. of Tony Robbins speaks about, right? Emerging of that with yoga movements, your breath and your imagination, boom. Yeah. 
Amazing. And that really helped me. Like even just before this <laughs> chat, I was like a bit, had my little one earlier and then I was stressing about a few things and I was like, let's get in the zone. And so I just did some arm punches, some hard breathing and <laughs> the correct stuff to get some energy flowing. And then I was like, sweet, I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, amazing. And it just, yeah, it makes you more, oh, it lights me up so much just talking about it. It makes you more playful, more ready to take on challenges and you're yeah. so much more alive and even maybe feel sexy, which is a lot, yeah. what a lot of women chase through. Yeah. yeah. And so Incredible. do you bring in, do you bring in these, I guess, these embodiment practices and these thematic practices, do you bring this into the confidence coaching piece? Because I can see that would be such a big piece of it. And what are you, what yeah. a unique standpoint to take? Like what a unique, a unique way to deliver that service as well. Yeah. 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 So you mentioned that just before you came on here, you had your little one. I yeah. imagine, I remember when I had my little one, there's plenty of times of chaos, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and being able to feel calm and I guess, first of all, have the awareness to know that you are spiraling into that state to be able to change your state, but being able to feel calm is something in the chaos that a lot of people do struggle with. Can you talk to me a little bit more about techniques and things that you do use to feel calm in the chaos or even, I guess, chaos in our mind, too, yeah. which mm-hmm. is primarily where our chaos comes from, really, if we're being realistic. <laughs> it's our perception of the chaos. We talked about this in our tapping circle last night. Leaning into things like uncertainty and things like that. Okay, what can you share with us about these Okay, let's go first part. So from chaos to calm. When there's a time, let's give you a a scenario. Late at night, 10 p.m., baby's been crying, struggling and fighting to go to sleep. There's a bunch of things I still want to do for my business. I haven't done any of them on the day. Yeah, one of those days. (laughs) Yeah, so picture the scene. Partner's tired too, came home from work. So then what do you do, right? You could get a bit angry, like you're feeling like, er, didn't make progress. You could get frustrated, which I feel all those feelings too. But then I'm like, okay, the moment I can hand him over like to him maybe for five minutes, not even, I literally maybe do the forward fold, let my legs stretch, shake out my arms and deep breathe. Like something so simple can reset. And then I'm like, good to go for now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, it, it's such seemingly, again, insignificant things that make such a big difference though. You don't pause there and you don't make a conscious choice to change your state. Then it's not yeah, coming exactly. at the rest of your evening with the perception of the frustration and the perception of maybe feeling angry or even resentful to the baby who's woken up three times and you just wanted to send one email because they're caught up in that moment of being stuck in the, between the doing and yeah. And the being, it's, yeah, I, I get it. And so, again, seemingly insignificant, but really, in the trajectory of the long term, really big. Yeah, yeah. And I find like being in this phase of life too, because it is a phase, and I'm obviously wanting to be really present with him too, because it's going to be so fleeting and sad when it's over. So then I think about that as well. But it's just the intention that helps me too in those times. Yes, I want to build a business. Yes, I'm really. I'm focused and goal-driven, like you may be listening, but controlling one of our key things that I've actually taken from our fellow mentee, mentor, Tracy Harris, is to 
yeah, set the intention right and have a goal that's in your control. So instead of wanting to have some perfect result from what you're doing, being like, I can show up Mm -hmm. and that can be your goal, (laughs) even if it's just showing up for that one email or yeah, just simple things that you can actually, it's small thing, (laughs) I might add, that you can then actually take off. Because when we do the small wins and the things we set out to do, that's when your confidence builds as well. Yeah. yeah. If you're sticking to things that you have set out for yourself, that's like the key thing to build your confidence too. Absolutely. So keeping it small too though then, yeah. 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 So if you're in a season of life like Jackie is now where you've got a young baby or you've got young yeah. children and you're making your to-do list something that say isn't even practical for someone working full-time, but you're yeah. using that to-do list as an opportunity to actually brain dump everything out of your head yeah. <laughs> and expect on some kind of un- unrealistic conscious level that you're going to achieve it. It's not meeting you where you're at in your current season of life. And so what I hear from what you're saying is that you set goals that are realistic in terms of where you're at right now, in terms of your energetic capacity, in terms of your emotional, well, emotions are energy in motion, but in terms of all of your holistic capacity. Yeah. And then you set goals that are realistic to that. Okay. Nap time goes for approximately an hour. If I have six things on my, or two of you lucky, I've got six (laughs) things on my to-do list, one of which is going to take me 45 minutes. Is Hmm. it realistic for me to keep these six things on my to-do list? How will I feel if I don't tick all six things off? Hmm. And Mm -hmm. so what you're saying is if you scale it back to be like, actually, what's realistic and what's needle moving forward for me right now, whether it be in business or whether it be at work or whether it just be around your home trying to get things done, whatever your life situation is, what's needle moving forward is this 45-minute task. And then I've got 15 minutes to maybe start something else or maybe not. So I'll leave two things on my list. Yeah. And that's realistic. And so what I'm hearing from you, what you're saying for everyone listening is that when you check off those two things, yeah. it builds your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. And that is more sustainable because I share this because I used to be someone and I still battle with it sometimes. Like I would overbook myself and I would just overcommit. And I like, really seen. yeah, I would lean into probably not anymore, but people pleasing tendencies, especially with an old friendship that I had. And then, yeah, just key little things where I would like totally exhaust myself and I wouldn't be able to uphold it I would have to cancel some things I might feel burnt out and this leads me into human design too if you haven't heard it dig into it because that really made me feel seen too because I'm like I'm a projector I need more rest okay got it I can't keep up with everyone as fast as they go and do things but I have my own pace kind of thing but that yeah so human design is definitely something that has helped me as well so that's why I'm diving more and more into that too if you're interested, Google it, search it, reach out to me, <laughs> DM me. I, I love talking about it. But yeah, so then with the uncertainty piece, I also wanted to mention actually. So with the part of being seen, uncertainty, surround yourself with the right people too. That's one of the main things as well. So association, because when you have the intentions, that's all cool, good and well. 
but you need to be actually like understanding because when you see others that are doing what you're doing, you, you one for one, it's, you believe it's possible to, I want to say this carefully because I don't want you to fall into the groups of, oh, doom and gloom, we're mums, we can't do it, we don't have time, like that kind of mentality. I want you to lean into the ones that are empowering you. So yeah, that's what I found, like leaning into people that have done it, leaning into people that have understand you because, yeah, it's all real life. Like you got to be obviously not a perfect role model. No one's perfect. Everyone's got their ups and downs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that was a bit of a chaotic answer. But No, no, you, ans you answered beautifully. So leaning into uncertainty, when you decided to move, and I think this is something that a lot of people are going to relate to and I hear a lot of people say this is a key piece for them that they feel like they're missing. Mm -hmm. When you decided to move from a, being a, in, let me try that again, from being a, into, into working in this confidence space and also working yeah. in, even in the yoga space as well, you've been yeah. at, you're going and doing something completely different. I yeah. assume that there was a significant courage muscle that need to be exercised in that, uh. that kind of space. So when you work with confidence, is building that courage muscle a part of what you're doing? Yeah. Yeah. And I love that piece. So the, yeah, so it's like a muscle. I always love to picture it that way because we do need to practice and strengthen it. So say similar to what I was saying earlier, like with that small little thing of cutting your hair, because that makes you uncomfortable stretching yourself in different ways in that sense, but then diving into the things that are uncertain. So this is where we go back to that core confidence piece again as well, because when you have that practice of connecting to your deeper self or just able to actually feel and release emotions and be comfortable with doing that, because the more you practice it, the more comfortable you get with your body and you understand it more and you, you notice them arise quicker too. So then you can ship them quicker. So when you start to practice that more and more, diving into things that are scary become easier. Yes, it still feels scary, but you're like, oh, I know this feeling. Yeah. And I'm okay with it. You I know, know like you're like, I, I dealt with it then and I moved through it so I can do it again now, even yeah. if it's on a bigger spectrum, maybe you're doing a big speech and it's freaking you out. Like public speaking is number one fear of people <laughs> absolutely yeah. I and I actually I spoke about this in depth yesterday recording a podcast series and I was talking about how for me I have had to learn and become so in tune with my body and so I guess present and conscious with what's going on in my body that yeah. I've been able to now learn the difference between that Fear, the difference between when it is a complete and when it is also, or when it is actually just that, that nervous energy that, yeah. that I am comfortable to sit in and that's actually necessary for me to feel, to continue to show my nervous system that expansion into my next levels is safe. And so having that conscious awareness, yeah, of being able to actually decipher between those two things. Yeah. But on the topic of alignment... Yeah. So I, I know for me what that feels like in my body yeah, uh, and, and how it manifests in my world. And how do you help people to align to make best decisions for themselves? And what does that even, what does that even look and feel like to you? Yeah. Yeah. Big question. Yeah. Loaded question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I only say that though, because I diving more and more into human design, I'm realizing that we're all different in that sense too. 
which makes my coaching better the more I understand it, which is really cool. Yeah. So I used to think everyone would be the same because it works for me best if I, let's talk vision boards, for example, with when we're manifesting. I would make a vision board and I would just focus mostly though on the feelings. Like I figured out really quickly that the details didn't work for me. Like I, I wouldn't be able to put a specific carved model and then go get that a year later or whatever it is. Or I wouldn't be able to, I could still have them up there, but then I'd end up with a slightly different one, but it would make me happy. And I'm like, yeah, sweet. <laughs> it's like the feeling of whatever it was I was chasing. And then I, I started teaching that to girls as well, <laughs> like women. And I was like, all right, so you got to start to just already feel now what you're wanting to feel then when you get that goal. Like start to practice that feeling now and embodying yeah. because then you feel like you already have it. And I know we spoke a bit about this in our podcast on my one, <laughs> how you do really cool journaling prompts yeah. of now that I, yes, and then you write how you feel yeah. and have that, yeah, yes. which is amazing. Yeah. It is. That embodiment tells, again, and just like we keep repeating, it yeah. into your nervous system that this is a safe space for me to be. Yeah. When we're creating that emotional experience and you're so right, I really believe that it's not the details that really do truly matter. It is the feeling of the experience that you yeah. are creating because ultimately, no matter what it is you're trying to manifest into your life, it's a thing. And what you're really chasing is the experience and the feeling that it's going to give you. Yeah. So even if it's a, a new job, but what's that job going to give me? So yeah. putting up on your vision board, I want to earn $10,000 a month in my business. Just having that up on your vision board, that's meaningless if you can't connect with that feeling. That's why they teach if you want that new car, no matter what the car is, go sit in the car, smell yeah. the new car smell, feel how it feels to drive it, feel how you feel driving it and anger into that feeling. Yeah. That's what we're doing when we're manifesting. And it's definitely, yeah. Yeah. But I remember I used to teach, which I still do sometimes, depends on the person, a like finding your why exercise where you would deep, dig deeper. So for me, it was always, I learned it from one of my previous coaches, digging deeper seven level. Seven seemed to always be the magic yes, number. Yeah, seven yeah. mark why? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's honestly magical. So I, and I've done this exercise for myself a multitude of times. Like whenever I have a big, big goal, and I'm like, okay, let's just dissect this a little bit. Like, why do I want this so badly? Yeah. And then again, why do I want this? But when you're doing it too, I just want to, whenever you're doing these kind of journaling exercises, always be present and always be listening to that first thing that comes up. Take deep breaths so you are in your body. Yeah. Because again, we can just overthink it and make up answers that we think that it should be. And then yeah. go down the wrong path of what it you're does, trying to really dig up. Really. But then digging again, have a look at your human design chart. If you have had a look at it, there's arrows a part of it. And I won't go too in detail for people that haven't seen. But basically, it can tell you if you're more naturally a person that can think about the specifics of a manifestation that you want. Yeah. Or whether focusing. Because like we just dove into, yes, everyone needs to know why they're chasing the goal. That's a big thing. And what the feeling is that they want at the end of having that goal. But there's also the piece of can you picture it in detail before you have it? Or are you more of a person that just wants to think about the feeling of when you have it? And it's a bit more broad. I'm a broad person. So I really connect to that. 
Yeah, I've got um, them facing arrows, so I'm the specific. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The other arrow as well that it, I can't remember if it's the top or the bottom. Can you help me out here? The top one, I think, is I think the top. So there's two on the right. And the both of them will tell you either if you're detailed or non-detailed. The other one will tell you if you're an active or a passive manifester as well. So that depends on, again, back to that vision board idea. If you were to make a vision board, you would just set it, but then forget it. It would just be sitting maybe on the wall somewhere that you don't look at often. Or maybe you've written it in a book instead and your book is on yourself and it's like your manifesting book. Yeah. Where that's if you're a non if you're passive, but if you're an active, which is me, then you would be looking at it daily or you'd be looking at like writing affirmations about it daily, or you would be even like vocalizing it daily to speak it into its truth, which all these kind of techniques have been always taught around the whole concept of manifesting your dreams. But I find it's really fascinating to know and understand how it best and most easily works for you as a person. Yeah, yeah, with your unique energy type, and yeah, your unique yeah. strategies of doing life. Because when you yeah. start operating from those more unique spaces that are more supportive to how you were designed to work from and designed to to live life and experience life through, that's where you start to come into alignment, isn't it? And then the main piece of human design that helped me as well, which was so backed up by so many experiences in my life, because like you were saying, you, you're an emotional, is that what you're saying? You're feeling into it? Yeah. yeah I am. <laughs> so what she means by that is, if you guys don't know much about human design, she feels around topics that she's thinking about, whether it's the right decision for her, right? Am I explaining that right and, to you? And also with an emotional authority as well, I actually have to allow myself to ride an emotional high and low, mm-hmm. a full emotional cycle before I am designed to make a response. So my, I think you mentioned you're a splenic and, I, yeah. and you can explain that in splenic. a minute. But for me, I, a spleen, I have their sacral response. Yeah. And so... For me, I feel that sacred response and that's like this hell yes energy. I need to do this. I yeah. need to create this now. I need to eat this food. I need to buy this. <laughs> it's this like response when my body is telling me do this now, yeah. which is how we end up as manifesting generators, creating way too much stuff or online shopping too much or all those things. But I think what they say, we're the type that has 37 million tabs open in our brain. Yeah, yeah. But, but on top of that's my that's my strategy to respond, but my authority is actually that emotional wave. So I have had to be learning and practicing that when I then have that yes response, mm. not even just a matter of sleeping on it. Sometimes the emotional wave can last for months before mm. it ends, and so I've actually been having to learn that. Okay, I've had an emotional high, and now I've had an emotional low, and sometimes that can be really quick, and sometimes it can be. And it's actually so funny because for me, I used to actually wonder why I could feel so good one minute or so Mm -hmm. good one day and so low and so empathetic and so feeling everybody's emotions the next. And as emotional authorities, we are being gifted an experience to actually be able to completely resonate with any emotion that anybody comes to us with. And so I think I'm really suited in the job that I'm doing. Yeah, you picked the right one. So even though I might not have necessarily experienced exactly what what you've gone through, my body can actually relate to your emotion. Yeah. And so, yeah, emotional authority means that I need to be able to actually 
ride through a wave and then go back to that. Does it still feel like a yes? Oh, actually, mm. no, it doesn't anymore. And that has saved me so much money in online shopping. I can't open on my phone and I wait until I'm had an emotional low and then I flip back through it. And I'm like, oh no, I don't have that impulsive response to want to buy. Phenomenal. So I don't know how I even got onto that. Financial hack, everybody. (laughs) Exactly. It's living living in alignment. When I'm living in alignment with my strategy to um, to make decisions, Mm -hmm. I am actually making good decisions for me and good decisions. Yeah. I have heard before. I think it's about 40% that are emotionals or even 50 of the population. So that's where a lot of the buyer's remorse comes from too. Have you felt that? Yeah. Because yeah. then you would yeah. make the choice quickly and then you're yeah. like, oh, damn it. I, didn't I actually shouldn't have want- bought that. I shouldn't have done that. Or I shouldn't have made that decision. Why did I do this? And mm. you, then you feel that. And then you have this whole emotional low over, over that kind of experience. So yeah, learning to understand your unique authority. Yeah. How does a spleen work? The spleen's a instinctual intuition. So it's a very quick hit. And it's more, it's not really like a feeling in the body. It's just like a knowing, like an idea kind of pops in your head. Yeah. And I remember the moment someone explained that to me, I was like, not everyone feels that. Like, I was like, and I know like some people do, but it's not their main authority. So what human design shows us is that there are certain things that are best to listen to for yourself. So every specific person has like a different thing to best listen to and it guides you. And I was like, yes, I could think off the top of my head, probably 10 stories where, yeah, like I could list them out for you right now if you really wanted to, but I'll tell you maybe two. So one was I was living in Canada and we just moved there. We were doing like a working holiday, me and my partner. And I was, I'd gone over there, saved a bit of cash and I was going to do housekeeping at this ski resort. And I was like, yeah, cool, bit of fun, like nothing major. But then I knew that I did, I wasn't very excited for the role, the housekeeping. And then I was like, I think I want to do more like guest services or something behind the computer. And I just thought that and it popped into my head. And then I was like, yeah, yeah, I think I'm going to do that instead. And then like literally the day after the girls from the guest services team ended up being friends with like my partner's friends that he'd already made. And they were all like, oh, we need another person. Someone's dropped out. And I was like, oh yeah, that's my role. I'll take that. And they were like, And it's sometimes like you were saying one time when we were talking, it can come across as arrogant when you just have that knowing and you say, yeah, wow, people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> then at the same time, I was like, it was just such a strong yes that I didn't even think about any like repercussions. And I was, yeah. And it was more, it was very stubborn too. It was very stubborn. Yeah. Like the moment I know that, yeah, the thing I need to listen to, I'm like, yeah, you can't Ooh. budge me. What an amazing gift. (laughs) Oh my God, I love that. So I guess the big takeaway from this is that whether you choose to lean into human design or whether you choose to lean into other ways to understand your body, living in alignment with your cycle, living in alignment with your season of life, living Mm. in alignment with your core values and the thoughts that you have and the beliefs and the goals that you're setting and the actions that you're taking towards them, because alignment is very much a holistic picture. But yeah. But that alignment piece is going to really support your confidence. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so much. Jackie, this has been a really amazing conversation. <laughs> I want to wrap it up, but I will need to. So can you tell us, tell the beautiful listeners where we can connect with you and how we can work with you? 
Yeah, definitely. So I am on release to revive on all the socials. So that's YouTube and Instagram mainly. We do have Facebook page as well, but Instagram is where I'm mostly active. And you can find the website as well. It's www.releasetorevive.com. That takes you to my main page. And then you can see all the options there. So I'm currently offering, like I said, the app. There's an app, a fun app that I'm building slowly, the collective of videos that you can then turn to anytime, especially for like busy new mums that need those two to three minutes of a reason. That's what that's perfect for. Amazing. Um, Let go of the idea that you can't look after yourself because you haven't got the time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Self-care. And then also starting some groups of unpacking human design together, which I'm really excited about. So just like accountability groups. Yep. You're really wanting to, yeah, start to experiment with it, explore it. I would love to, yeah, have you in there. And if you're listening to this in real time, we just got uh, off a thing program. So I'm doing some collaborative work with some people as well because decluttering can also help you get more into your body because there's less distractions. So stuff like that. Like all these little holistic pieces I'm pulling together to help you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Clear out, feel more into your body and build confidence that way. Oh, I love that. Amazing. Oh, thank you so much <laughs> for our conversation no today. Wow. What a journey it's been today. We are so grateful for each and every one of you who tuned in to Alive and Thriving. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help us keep growing, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on your favourite platform. It's a simple but powerful way to support a small business like ours to continue to make an impact.